Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Thrilled about this one today because we have on Rob Phelan. Full story on this one, Rob is with the Choose Phi Foundation. I had fallen into the pit of awesomeness and the rabbit hole, if you will, of Choose Phi podcast. Gosh, I think it's going on three years now. Um, someone introduced it to me, actually a mutual friend, and I was hooked because there was this one particular episode about... Um, the advantage of being a teacher and some of the tax advantages you had and, 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 and different plans. And so getting to know these guys, they're super, super passionate about, you know, FI, which is financial independence. Then they started a, this movement of, of wanting to uh, involve more families, which includes school-age kids. And so they had found Rob. He has now written a book and what he's doing in his classroom and what he's doing to promote financial literacy and saving and investing is... I, if you can't hear the enthusiasm in my voice, I'm deeply passionate about it. So once I got to know Rob, definitely wanted him on the show, wanted to talk what he's doing with the Choose Fi Foundation and also the book. So I, I really, if, if you have, if you're a teacher, I, I want you to listen to this one. If you're a parent, um, man, getting your kids involved in some financial decisions and literacy is so, so, so important. So this is definitely one worth sharing. Also, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't point you to also the Choose Five podcast, love those guys. They're growing like mad. They're huge. And um, I, I was lucky enough to be a guest on their podcast uh, probably a year and a half ago and uh, have benefited greatly from, from connecting to such awesome people in their community. So definitely want to return the favor uh, here with Rob. So uh, check out Rob. Check out his book. Check out the podcast with Choose Five. Anyway, I will stop gabbing and falling over myself on how much I love these guys. So let's get right into it. All right, now we're joined with Rob Phelan. He is with Choose Five Foundation. He's an educator as well, and we share a common bond of being passionate about financial literacy. Thank you, Rob, for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So, um, yeah, let's, let's start from the beginning. I, I was introduced to Choose Five podcast, I'm going to say, two and a half years ago at least it was a while and, ago that you were on it for sure oh, that's true yeah well yeah so back up even further than that i was just uh, uh through a mutual friend uh started to to be kind of a you know part of a mastermind of people that were doing things and and one of the the co-founders of the show was was on that mastermind with vince and uh i was just so happy that somebody was going to do a podcast really on financial responsibility, which you can go into the whole financial independence side of it. Um, but uh, I, I was just in awe of the fact that there were people out there that were kind of taking the next level, let's just say where Dave Ramsey had some gaps, right? Yeah. And there was just so many things. I was like, oh man, this is cool. This is awesome. And it started falling into that pit. And, and, and I'm going to kick it off with this. One of the things that absolutely changed my perspective is that they had an episode on how educators have like an extra plan in there called a 457 plan. And then from there, I was just all, I was hook, line, and sinker. I just, I love Choose Five. Um, now, you're also a teacher and had discovered what they were doing. Um, fill me in on, on what you're doing now, how you got in, and, and what your plans are. I mean, yeah, just go back to what you said, like that episode with um, Millionaire Educator was like one of the first maybe 20 episodes they did. And I was like, oh, man, like teachers can do this, too. Hell yeah, I'm in. I'm in. So uh, I started off as, you know, just a physical education math teacher. 
um, just kind of floating by, had that, you know, stereotypical mindset that, you know, you get into teaching, not really for the money, you're in it for the kids, you're in it for just to kind of have a comfortable lifestyle where you can kind of make it by day by day. And you're not really going to ever be rich, you're going to get to that retirement point, you should have a pension there for you, a little social security, maybe to cushion it a little bit. And you know, life will be okay. And I was okay with that. You know, that was my mindset. It was good. It was fine. And then, um, you know, I met my future wife and started realizing, okay, there's, there's more to this. We want more out of life. We have, we're very aspirational people, very ambitious. And it wasn't enough to just settle for average for us. We wanted something more and started looking at things like, okay, how do we do better with our money? Because like, really it was, it was okay. We weren't, we weren't paycheck to paycheck in the sense that like we were counting down the days until the money came in, but we were certainly like, okay, end of the month, there's nothing really left in the account. So let's start the next month over and keep going without anything really being added to savings, retirement, that sort of thing. So we weren't moving forwards at all. And that was, I think the point that we were realizing that like we were stuck. We wanted to, keep, we wanted to move forwards and started with Dave Ramsey. And, you know, as you said, there are holes, there are gaps in kind of the message that's being given there. Um, his tone and style didn't really resonate with my wife at all. So I was looking for something else that maybe we could both listen to. We could both get on board with and, you know, found these choose a five guys and they were, they were still pretty early into their podcast, but they were, like you said, they were approaching financial literacy and financial independence from a completely different lens to what I'd seen before. It wasn't just a dry, like, here's how money works. Here's how taxes work. Here's how the system works. It was all of these like life lessons that were kind of thrown in there that would help you develop yourself as a person and then a byproduct of that would be you get better with your money. Yeah. And they had deep dives on, okay, specifically, these are some of the funds you could look into or specifically, these are the tax advantages you should look into. And then their community started getting insane in the sense that, you know, they would have tax professionals reach out and say, Hey, want to give some value to your listeners. You might be overlooking this or that. And I was like, Whoa, you know, cause like, I, like, I didn't know what a forfeit and, and I'm, pretty good investor, yeah. right? I mean, I thought I was, as a matter of fact, like I, I, a lot of times part-time was kind of managing other teachers' um, funds uh, and, and, and looking into their portfolio and, and how to diversify it and how to, you know, age ranges and everything else. 457 came across my desk from the show and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, and, and travel reward hacks and all these other things and then how to make things work for you. It was, it, it, well, it was a, it's a community. Like I felt like I was home and then they did the smart thing of starting other communities. And all of a sudden it just kind of just seemingly flourished. And I, and I just thought they had a cute podcast and yeah, like you said, I, I did the show. I've got a pretty successful podcast of my own. Never have I gotten that many emails. Mm-hmm. I mean, was, and this was three years ago before the show was, I think they said they're averaging now over a million downloads per. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, I greatly appreciate what they do. So then how did you guys then cross paths? Um, so let's see, I started listening and probably six months down the road, I was beginning to teach financial literacy in my high school. Um, the teacher who had that position, that particular job, uh, moved into becoming an athletic director. So vacated that that particular class. Like he made it his own. That was his. Nobody else was touching it. And now suddenly there was this space and nobody in the school was qualified to do it. So they asked, you know, does anybody want to step in and try and take on this financial literacy class? And I put my hand up and said, yes, I'll do that. Uh, not knowing a thing about financial literacy myself, like I wouldn't have been able to tell you that the teacher education plan was a 403B, never mind that there was a 457 as well. 
So not knowing a thing, I was like, I will step in, I will learn how to do this. And then I will start teaching kids about it because it aligned with my own goals as well. Like here is that kick up the butt to go get better with your own money because you're going to have to teach kids about it now. And it's very hard to teach kids if you're not at least some level of an expert on the content. So deep dived into it, um, really started thinking, okay, what do I want this class to look like? And from the podcast I've been listening to, I wasn't satisfied with the, the Dave Ramsey financial literacy course that we were running in our school. There was just, there was holes in it again, things that I wanted kids to know about that just wasn't there. Um, so I said, all right, I'm going to look for other resources. Couldn't find much that really like met the needs that I was looking for. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to make this myself. I'm going to have to do something that um, completely aligns with what I'm looking for these kids to come out of high school knowing. And just happened to think, all right, well, Choose a Buy doesn't currently have anything like this. I wonder would they be interested in maybe doing something like this? Maybe I could partner with them. Ideally, use some of the resources they had. Like they had graphics people. They had um, people who could build a website. Like the things, the skills that I was lacking, I was like, they got that. Um, maybe they don't have the people who can write curriculum or you know have the time to put into that. So I reached out to Brad Barrett and said, hey, um, are you interested in this kind of you know uh, curriculum for Choose a Buy that we could offer to schools? And he was like, yes, absolutely come down to Richmond, let's meet, let's talk about it. And was able to tag it onto a soccer coaching trip that I was doing. And we met, we chatted and we came out of it saying, yeah, we're going to build this whole K through 12 curriculum. Let's assemble a team. Let's get this thing going. And, you know, a week later we started building and it was an 18 month process, but we came out of it with a full pre-K through 12 um, financial literacy, financial independence curriculum. So needed. Oh my gosh! Yes. Uh, and 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 oh, okay. So yeah, I this just makes my I I I think listeners will hear my smile on this. I I was raised by. I mean, I'll always remember. Um, just as a kid, I was always taught to be an investor. Uh, actually, I know I should say is my first lesson in uh, money and really delayed gratification is. Uh, so I'm I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> so when when Star Wars came out, I was uh, five. I'm talking the original Star Wars. I remember episode one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, <my. laughs> yeah. Episode four. Um, so it it, it was. Uh, I just remember telling my mom like, "Hey, I want the Millennium Falcon." And mm-hmm. so my dad was a teacher. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So I don't need to tell you that money wasn't tight. My dad was a teacher. My mom stayed at home. So. She was, it was, I always remember it's $24 at Airway. And so she, which is now Target. And I said, uh, I said, Hey, I want the Millennium Falcon. She's like, great. Do you have $24? I'm like, no. Cause I think at the time I'm now like seven. I said, no. And she's like, great. When you have $24, I'll take you to Airway. I'm like, oh, so I started thinking about how I could get $24. So I, I, I started doing odd jobs. I started mowing. I started doing this. I started doing that. And then all of a sudden one day, um, the statement came in uh, for everybody's account. And so she checked out my Squirrels Club account and I had $102. And she's like, Donnie, um, I can take you to Airway. You remember that? And I looked at my statement. And I'm like, I'm a three digitaire. <laughs> I have three digits, right? And I'm like, yeah, I just love the feeling of having over $100 in my account at that age. I think and this would have been like a year or so later. Like I may have been 10 at the time. And so I'm like, there's no, I don't want it. And, and, and to some degree of irony, my, the funny ending of the story is I ended up buying it a year later at my best friend's garage sale. I bought it for a quarter. And so like that delayed gratification was always there. And so from there, I learned how to invest. And my parents encouraged me. My mom, 
um, uh, bought a share of Eli Lilly's stock because she eventually went back and did some part-time there. And I always just remember being an investor. So I, I, I am a huge fan of like pre-K, heck yeah. So let yeah. me ask you, like, I'm just curious, out of a pre-K or even up through third grade, what does that look like uh, for financial literacy in curriculum? So you have kids, right? Three. Yes, <laughs> you've got kids. <laughs> I've got one and I'm like, I've got kids. Dang. They, there's so much um, time and energy when you are home with them full time. Um, but what would you have done with your kids growing up? So like you're trying to educate them, say like you're talking about a pre-K age, so four or five, like how did you kind of like try and teach your kids? What modes, what methods did you use? Uh, sometimes it's trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you talking about on the financial side? Or? No, just, just anything in general. Like how do you teach kids that age? Oh, I let them fail and go and then reflect. Mm-hmm. How did that, you know, giving some lessons, let them try some things and go, all right, what, what did you make of that? How did that work out for you? Yeah. And you do it through play, you do it, to, you do it through stories, through exploration. And it's the same thing, but you're sort of kind of trying to direct the attention towards maybe a lesson that can be applied to a financial sense. So like we looked for storybooks that talked about saving, that talked about delayed gratification, patience, opportunity cost. And obviously they don't use that vocabulary, but the moral of the story is kind of like, all right, we need to, we want to do something really fun. Let's start saving for that particular thing. And then we can go buy it or spend it or whatever it is. Or we want something right now, but if we wait just a little bit longer, we're going to get something even better. And you know, there's lots of kids storybooks out there that kind of match yeah. that sort of thing. Um, when you talk about play activities that you could have in a preschool or something like that, having the, you know, the little cash register and, um, you know, the kitchens, that sort of thing. And you start talking like, okay, kids, you know, we're going to talk about going to the store. Like what happens when you buy something? Oh, you need money. Well, where's the money come from? And you just start asking these probing questions. You let kids explore, um, ask their own questions. And you just, you, you're that open book to answer them in a language that makes sense for them. And then as you move up through the grade levels, those conversations get to become more and more like what you would think um, of in terms of having a conversation with an adult about these things. So you add more of these layers in of, you know, let's build your character, let's build your mindset, let's build your beliefs, your behaviors that are going to lead you to be this responsible person when it comes to actually managing real money. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I, 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 (laughs) um, so when, when do those kind of like, other than saving, uh, like, do you guys started going into some of the basics of investing and, and usually like at what grade? So I think our first like formal investing where we talk about things like compound um, growth or compound interest probably happens in the middle school level. Um, I've heard of parents who will do something like, you know, the bank of dad or bank mom and dad, and they will, you know, let kids put money in, either they'll match it or they'll give them an insane interest rate, like a 10% interest rate, and they'll show it to them every month and show how it grows. And that's certainly something you can do. Um, you could, you know, if you're starting to talk about basic math in you know, an elementary school setting, you could, you could do it with physical manipulatives. You'd be like, okay, here's one. What would, what would happen if you doubled that amount? Like, okay, it's two. And if you tried to double it again, well, how many would you have? Four. And then you start talking about, okay, the doubling effect of numbers. And it gets big very quickly. So you could start thinking about those sorts of lines before you really bring in the money perspective. But, you know, I like the, the example you gave about, you know, earning and, um, getting rewards for that. So we see that in elementary classrooms a lot where yeah. there are job charts, there are things that you can do to earn stars or behavior sort of things. I think the behavior charts kind of disappeared from the classroom just because it was considered to have negative impacts. But 
um, the idea of being able to earn rewards or sometimes schools have their own currency system like that that does exist and you know you love seeing those classroom economies pop up so we do have a lesson on how to run your own classroom economy yeah for sure i i am a big fan of those we we when i taught in middle school we had a thing called the reality store and it was like a simulation and the kids went and did you know they literally it was borderline shocking to some of the kids they they based like your your career choices were kind of influenced by your GPA, mm -hmm. um, for better or for worse. And some of the things the kids went through, they're like, oh my gosh, it's expensive being an adult. And, and I just love that they had that reality, and why it's called that, at eighth grade. And, and, mm -hmm. and I love that. And um, I'll always remember, like, I've had some students that, you know, we, we had a thing called Fiscal Fridays, right? That was, uh, that was my thing that I did because I was an English teacher and that every Friday I'd have a 15, 20 minute lesson. So whether we were teaching the you know we were reading the hatchet and we were talking about um you know specialization of services or opportunity costs mm -hmm. uh, there was always some sort of a, a a nugget of wisdom but i had a lot of students that like their parents they'd come home and they they tell their parents about stuff and i'd get parents going you told my son a little bit about something about uh, uh a 529 what's that and why in indiana is is it so great oh let me tell you so i i always just I love your guys' mission because I will say this. There's some curriculum that is outdated. Um, and then there's some curriculum that there is low interest. Earning and investing has never been out of style. And I have yet to meet a student that doesn't have an interest in money, right? It's just, and, and obviously you guys are good about making sure it's not the root of all evil, but like, how do you maintain a, a good life and, and how can you get there quicker? Uh, so I just, every time I, I have fallen into that pit so much of like listening to people talking about delayed gratification, um, you know, achieving that what, you know, I think it's like your guys is, well, maybe you or Mr. Money Mustache or somebody, but that fire fire, you know, like, what is that financially independent, retire early. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I seem to be at the root of all that is like to be a good person, to spend time with your family, to be a blessing on others. So just dig that. Um, so, so, so let me fast forward. You, you, you've done these things. You're starting to do the curriculum. Now you're, you're, you got a book coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's actually already come out. It's, um, it came out back in February and you know, that was a huge project for me. One of those moments where you stepped outside of your own skill set and you're like, all right, math teacher writing a book, like that doesn't seem to go well together. I wasn't a particularly strong English student in school. So the idea of writing a book of any sort was never something that would have appealed to me growing up. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not me. Like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of um, tough time when that's not something that I naturally love doing. But then I realized, oh, wait, what I'm trying to create is actually a resource for other people to use. And it's something that I would use. So it's really, it is within my skill set because that's what I do as a teacher. Um, that came about because when you think of financial independence, so you want to get to this point where you no longer need to work for money. Uh, work becomes optional. You get to suddenly pursue passions on you know, a more free basis than maybe you would while you're in your full-time career. How do you do it? Well, you got to either cut down expenses. So you, you, know, you reduce down costs, frivolous things that maybe you don't need, um, or you increase your income. You earn more, you, and then you invest more with that. So you're trying to always in increase that gap between what you spend and what you earn. And for me, I really gravitate towards that earn more side. Like I love the idea of how do I increase my income? How do I reduce my dependency on my full-time job? And particularly in the times we're in right now, like we're recording this in the middle of our coronavirus situation, 
um, a lot of people are realizing, you know, I am really dependent on that job, that employer. And as soon as they are saying, well, actually, you know, we either need to furlough you, we need to let you go, uh, we got to cut the benefits, whatever it is, like you're like, oh, you know, oh crap, like I, I don't have a backup to this. There's nothing else. Um, so for me, I'm always encouraging my students, like we want multiple streams of income. This doesn't have to be, you don't have to turn into entrepreneurs at the end of this. Like you don't have to go start your own business and that's your lifestyle forever, but start something, some sort of side hustle, something that's bringing in another little stream of income that maybe you're excited about, you're passionate about. Um, it helps others. It solves a problem, like whatever the criteria is, let's, let's go do it. And while I think you and I are very good at motivating kids to do that, like we are the source of the knowledge. Um, that we've gained from other places, but trying to put that in the hands of other teachers and saying, okay, I want you to be able to pick this up and do this with your kids. That was the hard part. Um, especially when there's very few high school teachers who are trained in entrepreneurship or personal finance. So you're trying to provide a resource that makes a teacher comfortable enough that they can pick it up and say, okay, we're going to take a group of kids and we're going to start learning how to start businesses. I think you and I are both trying to solve that problem in different ways. Mine was going down this workbook route where you have an instructor edition that kind of walks teachers through, okay, these are the questions you should ask your students. This is how you become a guide for them. You are not the, the master of all, the source of all information. You're going to be the guy, the person just kind of leading from the front, asking good questions, pointing kids in the right direction and letting them figure it out as they go. And the student edition is kind of the same place. It's a place for them to collect their ideas, um, different prompts, different questions, different activities that helps them sort of polish that idea that they're going to come up with and then grow it into a business. That's awesome. Uh, like, ha have you, um, in some of your feedback, has there been a reluctance from some educators? Like, look, I'm not a, I'm not a financial expert or has there been sort of a, a calmness of being the guide? Um, well, it's kind of a bit mixed at the moment. So it was going quite well in terms of was reaching out to teachers saying, Hey, this thing is available. What do you think? And in my market research, that was one of the things I was getting. It was like, Oh, I don't know if I could ever start a project like that. I don't know enough. So I made sure my instructor manual really kind of broke it down for a teacher or a parent um, to be able to approach this with a child or a student and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to go through this start a business thing. Um, as soon as this virus hit, like, you know, school shut down, people kind of stopped thinking about buying books at the moment. So I'm kind of thinking about how do I pivot this right now to get back in people's minds into teachers' heads and saying, okay, this is something you can do. And this is actually the right time to do it. Like when all industry has been disrupted, now is the time to think about, okay, how do I emerge from the dust here with something that people need, something that people want, something that brings value? Yeah, that really resonates. I, uh, this could be its own episode, but I mean, that, that, <laughs> well, I mean, cause like what scares me is that, and, and I'm not saying this in a mean way, I'm just saying in a realistic way, people cling to what they're familiar with and safety uh, sometimes and, 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 and panic. And, and so it's the exact opposite of what you really should do. Um, you know, right now there's a huge clearance sale on stocks and people will avoid it or, you know, learning a new skill right now, people are being soothed by Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, they're being soothed by Ben watch binge watching, you know, I tell you, I tell you who's winning COVID-19 is Tiger King. Um, it sure is. <laughs> I, I just, I, it, so like I, I'm, I'm hoping, um, that you guys will, will succeed in, in converting more teachers to like, okay, man, this is important because it is a, a little bit of a risk, but like how many times have both you and I and every other educator been stopped by random citizens and say, you know what they should teach in school? 
they should teach. And then a lot of times I'd say 80% of it has something to do with finances Mm -hmm. and, uh, or even I hate the word soft skills, uh, professional skills. Mm -hmm. Um, those things are just so top of mind for everybody. Yet the safety of it all is, Oh, let's make sure that they do a lot better on their state standardized score so they can go to a, a good college and get a good degree and a good job. Right now, all of that is being disrupted massively. And uh, I, I just, I applaud you guys and I applaud Shoes Fi for seeing that need. Um, it is just my hope that more and more teachers will go like, wow, now more than ever, more than ever, we need to make sure that our, our kids have better financial literacy skills. Yeah, and it was, it was so convenient and inconvenient at the same time when this whole situation happened. Um, we had just started the Simple Startup Project. So kids had just gotten their workbooks. They just made their team. They started fleshing out what some ideas could be. And it's so funny to see what the ideas were and now what they have to become because of the current situation. So we go home, we start going virtual. And I'm like, all right, we're not stopping, guys. This keeps going. Now, adjust. What do people actually need right now? What do they want? If you're competing for, you know, there's a lot less dollars in people's pockets right now. You are competing for that dollar in their pocket. Um, they've got a lot of places that could spend it. What are you going to bring that's going to convince them that you are the place to take to spend that dollar? And you know, it's it's brought up some really cool threads of conversation within our like our learning management system. Um, kids are starting to think, okay, well, what are the problems? And in the course you are putting on the opportunities are everywhere course, um, I love the term you use, the uh, collect and connect. Um, we they essentially ended up doing that without realizing that's what they were doing. I was like, oh, that, that's a great word for it. Um, they were looking at what the current problems were. They were brainstorming the problems and they were like, okay, what are the potential solutions to those problems? And started realizing, oh, I could solve these two problems with this one solution. And um, they're, they're starting to think about building. Now, it's still, it's still a challenge to get them to leave the paper and start actually doing it. Like that's always the hardest part is just saying, okay, let's get off the idea, let's get off the whiteboard and actually do it. And you don't even have to leave home to do it because you can't. And <laughs> so I have kids who are like, all right, um, this whole entertainment and uh, people wanting to socialize. Now people want to socialize as soon as they can't. They were very happy to spend all their day on social media and Netflix until they couldn't do it anymore. Um, so now they're trying to think, okay, well, how do I do that? So I have kids who are organizing esports tournaments amongst their friends. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, let's, um, you know, you against you, you against you. I'll keep the, 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 what do you call it? The tournament bracket going and we'll share that. And we'll make sure that everyone's kind of figured it out. And, Eventually, they're going to try and monetize it and say, okay, dollar buy-in and the winner gets half the money or something like that. And you know, there's, a, there's a huge amount of games they can go with for this. So they got a lot of opportunity to go forward. Um, some kids are going to try and do like virtual trivia nights or trivia days. Um, some are looking at, well, parents are flooded with a lot of to-dos right now. They either got to do their own job from home and entertain kids and try and educate, like, what can I do to fix that? So some of them are like, all right, well, you know, online tutoring, like that's, that's an easy one. Like, let me find a kid who's a couple levels below me, maybe a middle school kid. And I will offer math help. I'll offer English help or for the kindergarten to sixth grade students, you know, elementary school students who kind of need that person to guide them through. Like I'll be your, I'll be your virtual assistant. Sure. Like, you know, let's, let's do a zoom connect or a video chat and I will try and walk the person through their homework. And I was just like, yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly what people need right now. And you're, you're bringing value. Um, to their lives. So I, I'm really enjoying what's coming out of this. Like that's the best part about it. It's not that anyone's starting the next Apple or Microsoft. I know like you've got a lot of patents that have come out of your class and I hope someday mine does get to that. 
But at the moment, I just love seeing them solve problems and stop stop waiting for somebody else to absolutely, do it. Absolutely. That was the conversation we had off off air. It's like, yeah, stop waiting for somebody else to come along yeah. and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. That mindset is king. King. And and even like a lot of times, if that's your skill, boy, that is an employable skill. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you're, you're talking about bookends here. You guys are promoting financial literacy skills to, to where you can not have to be a really high wage earner to be able to really set yourself up for good situations through investing, but then also the mindset skill of getting things done. I think that's, that's so important. Um, okay. Simple startup. You can be found on Amazon, Barnes Noble, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Uh, should they want to connect with you, they should go to the simple startup.com. There's a contact me page there. If you want to email me directly, you can email Rob at choosefi.com. Awesome. Rob, appreciate it, man. I love your guys' mission. And if there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that everybody has all the links in the description and everything else. But thank you so much for what you're doing, man. Really, really excited for you guys. Thank you for what you're doing as well. Uh, we're getting great value out of it, I have to say. Thanks. All right. <laughs>